Uh, I've got to tell you, they're just such good people, and I, I just love Dre and Hannah, Lyndon and Kath. You guys are awesome, and I'm just having a great morning already, right? It's just good to be in the house. Uh, so my name is Carol, and... Uh, as Garth said, my husband and I uh, are pastoring City Church in Christchurch. Um, Garth can't be here today. He sends his love. He's preaching in the city. Uh, we've got two kids. Judah is 10 and Eden is 15. So uh, we're busy, right? Because we've got kids and, and uh, it's exciting. And you know, I just, this morning, Dre, um, Dre and Hannah, I just see... I feel like God's just unlocking something, and I see, I know you guys are visionary, you've got great vision, and I see there's steps like one, two, three, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, right? And God's given you those steps, but I feel like as you step into those things that God's placed in front of you, there's an unlocking happening, and it's like a puzzle box, it's like unlocking things that are being locked up, things that are being bound, and, and there's a new freedom that's coming to, to this church and, and to the region, I think, of Rolleston. I think you guys, this church church is going to put Rolleston on the map. Amen. You know, there's something happening and I'm excited about that. Pete and Tessa, was it? Pete and Tessa. I feel like this is a divine encounter for you. Your hotel, uh, as you go there, you, that'll be your church. God's going to bring people to you and you're going to minister to them, but God's also going to bring people and they'll minister to you. And, and I know it's sad when you leave a family and a home, but the great thing is about family, they're always your family. So don't feel like you're going out on a loan because God's got plans for you and, and they're bigger than you can imagine. Amen. Sorry, I just get a bit caught up in what God's saying sometimes. Do you know how that happens? It's like, what are you doing, God? I'm trying to preach through a message, but God's trying to tell me stuff. There was a man that came up earlier uh, in a blue T-shirt, and he was praying over this side. Uh, someone's pointing. Yeah, you. Willie, is it? Yeah. Hey, I, I just feel like God's um, just highlighting you before. I feel like there's a real call to leadership. I don't know if you're involved in leadership in the church or in the community, but there's a real anointing for leadership on your life. And God says that you are a seer. He's given you a gift of seeing. And I feel like there's a great anointing that comes with that. There's a great authority. I feel like God's encouraging you that you are a warrior in the spirit. And I feel like he's calling you to stand up, to rise up. And, and I almost feel like there's been a wee bit of a hesitation, but God's saying, rise up up man of God rise up because there's more and as you step in it's like you release others that have been oppressed others that have been held back there's there's a stepping up a stepping in for you for your family but for many others behind you so God Lord just release your blessing afresh I call out the warrior within rise up in Jesus name amen amen we better get started with this message so today I want to talk to you about the battle Ooh, we're in a battle. You know, uh, my son Judah and I, uh, we were driving to school. My, my kids are at Middleton. It takes us about 25 minutes to get there every morning. It's a big drive, and so we chat about all sorts of things. And Judah just recently was sharing a song with me. Him and his little friends are really into rap music. I don't know why, because I think it's quite bad. Uh, for many reasons. But anyway, he's showing me this song on the way to school. He's like, Mom, listen to this new song. It's really cool. I'm like, okay. And it starts playing catchy little tune, someone rapping. And I hear the words, I've sold my soul to the devil. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, what do you mean no? I'm like, no, you, you can't sing that. You can't play that. That's just not good music. And he's like, well, how come? And I'm like, what do you mean, how come? You know, and we're having this little debate about what's going on. And I said to him, you know, God's real, eh? And he's like, yeah, 
God's real. I said, do you believe that the devil's real? He said, I don't know. Is he? And I thought, what do you mean, is he? He's 10 years old. He's been brought up in the church. His parents are pastors. He goes to a Christian school. He gets more messages than he, he would like probably every Sunday during the week. He's in our meetings. We pray at home. We talk about God. We're passionate. He's learning at school. He's praying all the time. Is there a devil, he says. I'm like, well, have you not heard that there is? And it started me thinking, a lot of times we don't realize that we're in a battle. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to verse 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are carnal, are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Ephesians six eleven says, For we put on the whole armor of God, that we may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There is a battle. And whether we acknowledge it or whether we don't, we're still in it. It doesn't change. It doesn't go away just because we don't notice it's happening. If there's people shooting at me and I'm standing in the middle of it, I'm going to get hurt, whether I realize that's a reality or not. You know, 1 Peter 5 says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. John 10.10 says, The thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. You know, the great news is that God doesn't leave us defenseless. He gives us weapons. He gives us his word. His word is our sword. It's, it's how we fight. It's how we, we take down the things of the enemy. He gives us prayer. He gives us the power of our words. He gives us declaration. He's given us the same power that raised from Christ from the dead that lives in us, the Holy Spirit. He's given us weapons, and we can fight. And it's not that we fight for victory. We fight from victory because the battle is won. And today I just want to look at a couple of things that I believe are key enemies, key tactics of the enemy that he uses so commonly to take down the people of God. And the first one is fear. Now, earlier in the year, my husband and I, we like to go to Marlborough Sounds. We go at the start of every year for a few weeks and just totally off the grid. It's not actually my thing. I I like nice hotels. My husband likes the wilderness. Yeah. (laughs) He likes hunting and, and being outdoors. So we escape... For a few weeks, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no cell phone coverage. Um, It's like a crazy nightmare for me. But I go because it's beautiful and the family love it. And um, this year, before we went, we decided to go to Hamner for a couple of days, which was awesome. And I thought it was really considerate of my husband to take us somewhere civilized and be in a nice hotel. But his plan was actually we're going exploring on the way. And uh, he's an adventurer and an explorer. And we had a couple of days in Hamna, and then on our way to Marlborough, he'd picked out the longest road you could possibly take. 
okay? And, oh, yeah, it's awesome, all right. And uh, <laughs> I think it took us about six or seven hours to get somewhere that shouldn't have taken that long. And I'm, I'm someone who doesn't particularly like heights, right? Is anyone else not like heights? Now, I don't say that I'm afraid of heights because I don't like to say that, but I really strongly dislike heights. And... Um, so we just left Hamner and we're driving and I noticed that the road is on a very steep incline suddenly and it, it's going sideways, it's all pitted, it's bumpy and uh, we're going round and round and round and round and I feel like we're going up a small mountain and I'm starting to get pretty nervous and when we get to the top, which is very high, we come out of the trees and I realise, yes, it, it is actually like we are on top of a small mountain driving on a very narrow road and I started getting quite nervous and you know, normally, normally I'd start complaining, because <laughs> that's what I do sometimes. But I thought, no, this is not the right way. I don't want to affect the atmosphere. I don't want to be the one that's, that's putting my fears into the world. And so I'm like, right, you need to hold on to God in this moment. And so I, we're driving, I'm trying to smile, trying to drink my coffee that's already spilt all over me because of this crazy four-wheel drive track we're on. And I just remember, God, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. I don't have the spirit of fear, but a peace, love, and sound mind. And I, I kept saying that in my head for probably at least 20 minutes as I'm looking over this very high cliff we're driving along. But you know, I chose in that moment not to partner with the fear that I was feeling, but to partner with the Word of God, knowing that, hey, if we fall off the cliff, at least I'll be in heaven. And uh, the good news is we made it. <laughs> and it's not that we fear is always bad, like fear actually is there for a purpose. But the purpose isn't for us to camp in that place. It isn't for us to, to build a house and live there. Second Timothy 1, seven says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because love involves punishment. God doesn't want us to be afraid. You know, if you look through the Old Testament, there's loads of examples when God says, do not be afraid. Be courageous. You know, I think in Joshua, he says that about three times. Do not be afraid when they're going to the promised land. Because God knows there'll be times when we're afraid. But he doesn't want that fear to hold us back from the things he has for us. Amen. You know, and I feel prophetically this year as a church, as a whole in New Zealand, that, that God's calling us to step into the promised land, into the promises he has for us. And he's wanting us to get free. There was a song that we sung about the chains. I can hear the chains breaking. And I feel like we're in a season where chains are breaking, where those fears that have hold us, held us back, they're, they're no longer fears. They're irrelevant because we have the power of God in us and we're stepping into a new season where fear doesn't affect us anymore. You know, it's interesting when you look up fears, there's so many phobias in the world today. I seen, uh, I did a wee bit of research on it a year or so ago, and 30% of all adults in America have phobias. And so that's like fear of flying, fear of falling, fear of chickens was one, which I thought was quite strange, but then chickens are particularly scary when they're chasing you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> Courageous people are not fearless. They're people who refuse, who feel the fear but refuse to let it hold them back. 
You know, I love the story uh, in Matthew of Peter when he's in the boat and it's stormy and Jesus comes and it says in Matthew 14, 27, but Jesus immediately said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come onto the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water. That's pretty amazing, eh? So Jesus calls him and he walks out of the boat and onto the water. You've got to be pretty, pretty brave to do that. But it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began sinking and cried out, Lord, save me. You know, and oftentimes God calls us out of the boat, out of our comfort zone. Step out. And we take a step boldly and confidently, focused on Jesus. Yeah, I can do it. I can see Jesus. I know Jesus has called me. And we start stepping towards our miracles. We start stepping towards our destiny. Yeah, I've got this. But then the wind comes. And we get afraid and we start sinking and we shrink back and we realize I can't do this at all. This is too hard. This isn't possible. No one else has done this before. But when we focus on Jesus, not the fear, all things are possible. You know, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, Matthew six eleven, it says, Give us our, this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's a daily prayer. It's Jesus teaching us how to pray every day. And he includes forgiving people every day. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Every day. Because sometimes we just carry those things with us. Sometimes we just stuff them down deep inside and we pray and they'll just never come out. And that's easier than forgiving people sometimes. 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. If you need, if I indeed have forgiven anything, I have forgiven the one for your sakes. In the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Sometimes we can be ignorant of his schemes. Sometimes we forget there's a devil. And he uses things like unforgiveness to hold us back. No, I, I experienced this myself earlier in the year. I was at some conferences at the start of the year, and I was really excited. And I thought, I, I need more of God in my life, you know. And I remember this one conference I went to just praying on the way, God, if there is anything in me that's holding me back from what you have for me, if there's anything that's holding me back from being closer to you, just, just deal with it. And the interesting thing is that he did <laughs> very quickly. And one thing for me was unforgiveness. And I thought I dealt with things. I'm quite good at stuffing things away deep down inside and not feeling anything. I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> not as a Christian, but just in general. And, um, and I thought like I dealt with some situations that had occurred years ago. Uh, situations where I'd been hurt by people in church even leaders, and I thought I dealt with them. But in this moment, in this conference, God just revealed to me, actually, you've just put a bandage over it. And the thing about bandages is they're not designed to be there for years, and if you leave them there for years, things rot and things fester, 
and you've actually got a really big mess, bigger than you started with. And uh, I was at this conference and uh, there was this great guy talking about forgiveness. And he said, sometimes, you know, it's good to write a letter, write an angry letter. Has anyone wrote an angry letter before? I hadn't heard about this before. This is not an angry letter you give to people, by the way. Um, (laughs) If there's people in your world that you feel like who've hurt you and it's hard to get past, if there's people that have hurt you that you thought you've forgiven but you hear something bad happen to them and you laugh and think, yeah, they deserve that, there's probably some unforgiveness there. And this, this man who was preaching, he said, write an angry letter. He said, write down to that person, you did this to me and it really hurt and this is what's happened because of that. He said, because you get it out of your heart. Because sometimes we just carry things in our heart. And God doesn't want them there anymore. God wants us to be free. So we write an angry letter and then you burn it at the end because you're letting it go. And the great thing about writing that letter is it actually makes you realize, wow, this is how I feel about this situation. Because sometimes we don't stop and think about it, right? We just carry on like we're all good. So... I encourage you, if you feel like that's you and you've got things, write an angry letter. It is amazing. I ended up writing lots of angry letters to lots of people. I was quite surprised. (laughs) But I'm all good now. Unforgiveness um, opens the door to demonic activity in your life. It it hinders your prayers. It hardens your heart. It leads to bitterness and resentment. Resentment. It leads to us making judgments about people. And the Bible tells us, judge not lest we be judged. You know, we come under those same judgments that, that we make about others. Hmm. Unforgiveness opens the door to demonic influence in our worlds. And that's a door we don't want to open, right? Hey, that's good. Sorry, I forgot something there. We are in a battle. But the good news is we're on the winning side, Right? <laughs> hmm. and God has a plan and he has a purpose and he's given us weapons 1 John 4 4 says you are of God little children and have overcome them because he who is within you is greater than he who is in the world Romans eight thirty seven says yeah in all these things you are more than conquerors through him who loved us Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God's empowered us for the journey. He's given us the victory. Can I get the musos to come? I That'd be great. I'm going to wrap it up in a minute. You know, earlier this year, after my little revelation about unforgiveness, I had some deliverance. Now, I'm not really going to talk about deliverance today, but I've got to tell you, it was life-changing. Has anyone had any deliverance before? Ooh. Yeah, so when Dre and I first met, we were in a church in Invercargill that was incredibly spirit-filled. People were naturally getting delivered on the altars, right? Like, they'd just come up and stuff would start coming out, like... And you'd be like, wow, that's awesome. Those people had demons and now they don't because God set them free. No one was praying for them specifically. No one was teaching about it. It was just happening because when God's in the house, there's freedom, right? There's freedom. There's liberty. People were being set free and delivered and, and no one was doing anything. It was just God. So this year, after I realized I had some unforgiveness that I dealt with, 
I went to a deliverance meeting and got some deliverance, and it's a bit of a crazy story, so I'm not going to tell it all. But I just want to say it shifted something. You know, sometimes we have things that are influencing us, that are holding us back from God, and I found a new freedom after that. I found that before that, I found it hard to read my Bible. I'm a pastor. I've been in church for 20 years now, but it was hard for me to read my Bible I couldn't stay awake when I got to read it at night. I'd get confused or bored when I was trying to read it. I found it hard to spend time praying. And I just kind of felt bad about it a lot because I didn't know what to do. But this year I got some deliverance and something changed. And I, I didn't realize until a few days in because I'd started reading my Bible every day. And not just a little bit, but all different bits. And I started listening to podcasts and I started reading books. I hadn't read any books Uh, since before my children were born. And I started reading book after book about what God was doing. I started looking up podcast after podcast and video after video. And I just got really hungry. And I thought, I don't know what's happening, but something's changed within me. Something was oppressing me. Something was holding me back from knowing God better. Something was holding me back from stepping into the power and authority that God had placed in me, that He places in every one of us. And I realized I've been oppressed. I've been bound. I've let unforgiveness, I've let fear, I've let things of the enemy squash me down. But the sad thing is, it's not just me. Because when we are bound, when we are chained, when we are held back from what God has for us, it's not just us that's oppressed. It's those around us. Because the solution to the people in the world, the solution for your family's freedom, for your neighbor's freedom, for their healing, for their salvation, that solution, that answer is you. God calls us as the body of Christ and we've all got a part to play. And it's not saying that you're going to be a minister or work in the church, but you're, you're a child of God. You're ambassador for Christ. You have the ability to make a difference in the world around you. And God's wanting to set his captives free. Well, his people free and captives free. And he needs you and I to do it. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray, actually, because why not? (laughs) God, I give thanks that you are Lord of all. Jesus, we give thanks that you died on a cross for us. God, that you so love us and that you have so much more for us. And today we come to you as your children. We come to you afresh. Lord, and and we ask that you would have your way. Lord, we ask that you would identify if there's any areas in our life where we're bound. Lord, we hear those chains breaking. We hear those chains falling from us. We say that the enemy has no part in us. Lord, if there's anyone we need to forgive today, I pray, Lord, that you just reveal that in Jesus' name. I give thanks, Lord, that your word tells us your sheep hear your voice, that we are ones that hear you and know you. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. Lord, we bind fear today and we release a fresh faith, a release hope afresh in the house. Lord, fresh vision. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving in the house. 
Lord, we bind the lies of the enemy in regard to fear. We bind the attempts of the enemy to squash us down. And today we make a choice to rise up. We make a choice to live in your freedom. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. Lord God, I release your love afresh in this place. Thank you for your perfect love that it casts out all fear. Thank you, Lord, that fear has no part in us. That we will be people who are fearless, who are faithful, who are passionate, who place our confidence and trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hannah's going to lead us in worship. But as she does, you know, I'd love to pray for you. If you feel like something's stirring inside of you, if you need uh, 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 just someone to agree with you in prayer, I'd love to pray with you. If you feel like there's, there's something, maybe someone you need to forgive, if there's fear that's held you back in an area, if you need prayer for anything, I feel like God's just moving in some people. There's a stirring. You know, if your heart is racing, you feel like something's happening, come on forward. We'd love to pray with you. And if you've never known what it is to give your heart to God, I encourage you to come on up because we'd love to pray with you. Let's stand and let's worship.